Yeah, and and hold your hat, Russ, because it just got better. Because I'm visualizing all of this. I have white knuckles right now listening to the story, but I can imagine the discussions in the trucks when they're coming in in the morning. It's that damn Levitt. (laughs) (laughs) He did it again. This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host. Russ the Big Guy. Hi, it is Russ the Big Guy. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur who is very familiar with the struggles and successes related to running a business. I know it is definitely worth the struggle. The freedom and unlimited potential keep me moving forward, fueled by my why. Aligned with that is my desire to share with you, the entrepreneur and aspiring business owner, entertainment, information, inspiration, and even transformation into an even more amazing entrepreneur and human. To those ends, please enjoy this episode of Going Boldly. Well, welcome to this episode. Uh, Russ, the big guy here. We are up in the penthouse again in the recording studio. And our episode today is an exciting one for me, as I usually say they are. We have Audie and Tyson Levitt online from their headquarters up in Canada. And uh, you may know them from their TLC show, Playhouse Masters. Uh, very interesting story. Started doing landscaping and somewhere along the lines, uh, had ambitions for bigger things. And wait till you find out all of the exciting things that this couple has been up to. With their, with their team, of course, entrepreneurs, uh, this is going to be a great example of the, you know, the entrepreneurial journey, always evolving, always into new things, bigger ideas, showing their resourcefulness and all those, all those important traits for entrepreneurs. Welcome, Tyson and Audie. Thank you, Russ. We're glad to be here. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. Yeah. Thank you for doing the show. I appreciate it because you guys are big wigs now that you've had a uh, TV show. You know, it could be perceived that way, but it doesn't feel that way on our end. Yes, we did a show. How many years has it been now? Four or five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it went for a season. It kind of got jumped from network to network while they tried to make it find a place. Yeah. Um, and it was an absolutely incredible experience. It didn't, um, it, it didn't go where we thought it was going to go, but oh. you know, things all worked out for the better in the end. So there's no regrets there. <laughs> well, I think they were great episodes personally. I, I, I loved them. And, uh, to see the look on the kids faces when they see their playhouses and, uh, and how proud the parents are and, and, um, Gosh, those types of experience must have been amazing. And of course, you do that all the time, right? But just because it wasn't filmed didn't mean it didn't happen. So like you take that, take what we saw there and multiply it by how many jobs have you done? A hundred or hundreds? Thousands? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I've lost count. I haven't really kept count, actually. But yeah. They, yeah, hundreds of different jobs. Kind of jumping around here. but So let me just ask you, since it sort of came up, what does that do for you as a, as a parent, as an entrepreneur, as a, as creative people, what does that do for you when you see when you actually de- make the delivery, right? Or when the when the family sees it completed and they're and the kids are in it. It's it's probably different than what people would think in that it's always fun and exciting to see how the kids react. But I think beyond that is the nostalgia that it pulls back for the parents. Really, the general consensus between us is that parents are more excited than the kids. The kids are very excited. But it is shocking how much more excited the parents tend to be. No kidding. <laughs> and do and it's the nostalgia thing. Do they often say, "Oh my God, when I was a kid, I had a I had a treehouse." Well, I I did it. I said it to you in the before we started recording. <laughs> I I built yep. I built like basically a plywood cube. 
That was the best I could do. I think it I think it immediately takes you back to a time in your life where maybe things were simpler or maybe things um well, just that whole experience of being a child again, I think it's like an immediate uh transport back to that time for adults. I know I feel that way. We have a I'm jumping ahead here a little yeah. bit, but we have a as a resort now. And, and I feel that way every time we step foot on the resort, I feel like I'm being transported back to a time when life was just, just felt a little bit more magical. Oh yeah. And and the reality is this whole journey started from that nostalgia. When I built a playhouse for my kids. Was that the Rapunzel uh, tower? No, No. that wasn't. That was our, that was my second ever. That was our first. Paid, paid job. That was all right. Paid all job. right. So, all right. So, I mean, we, we really just kind of like jumped right in here, but for our listeners, let's go back a little bit and track it back because I, because, um, you guys do have a company charmed playhouses, you make the playhouses, but now you also have the, uh, charmed playhouses resort, which is a themed cottage rentals. So people can rent the cottages as if it was, um, a mini house. Like, uh, it's almost like an Airbnb, but you get a, um, a fantastic cottage instead. Yeah, exactly. That one's actually called Charmed Resort. Thank you. Yeah. And then Charm Playhouse is, is our, our playhouse and manufacturing arm of our company. Got it. All right. So let's go back a little bit. At some point in your life, you either got sick of whatever you were doing and decided to start a landscaping company or you were working for landscaping or that was your dream or whatever. Let's go back to landscaping or before that? Well, it, it goes back a lot of years. Uh, when when I first got married to Audie, I had no clue what I really wanted to do. All I knew is I wanted to own businesses. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I remember, you know, showing up to the family uh, dinner and my family yeah, and, dinner. and people asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, I want to own a, I want to own a bunch of businesses someday. And they actually, they laughed about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, just because it was so vague, right? And yeah. I was like, I come from a family that has a very uh, um, structured path, usually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they they really know what they want, and and you know they go to school and they do all those things. So understood. You know, I, I remember I remember saying that to them, and so I didn't really know what business I wanted to be in. So I went into some business school at our local college here, and took some business classes. And while I was in there, I started just a masonry business where I was just doing stone on houses. And as I was doing that, can I you ask know, you why you picked like one of the hardest jobs <laughs> there could be? <laughs> uh, just, I, I think it was more about just doing something. There yeah. was a, there was a, there was an immediate need from someone that we knew, oh. and it just happened basically. Gotcha. Yeah. So at that time, it was there, there was a, a building boom around here, and so there was a need. Gotcha. I saw the need. I, you know, it was easy enough for me to figure out how to do. So I started doing masonry. And as I was doing that, a client reached out to me and said, oh, man, I really need my land, you know, my landscaping done, but I can't find anyone. Yeah. So I said, well, I'll figure out how to lay some grass and build a fence. So I did that. And then the neighbor asked me to landscape and the <laughs> next neighbor. And before I knew it, I had a masonry and landscaping business. And didn't go back to school the next fall. Yeah. And I decided, <laughs> you know what? Making money's okay. I think I'll, I think I'll <laughs> drop that to so, so I did that for... Oh, probably nine years. And while I was building that business, I was also acquiring other businesses. So I acquired a a topsoil company where I would screen topsoil and deliver it. I acquired a quick curb company where I would put concrete edging around 
trees and all that kind of stuff. So I was acquiring businesses that were all supporting each other and growing this landscape business that was profitable and had, you know, lots of, lots of employees who were working for me. Yeah. But it wasn't filling the need that I had, which was to really be creative and scale a business beyond my little city of a hundred thousand in Lethbridge, Alberta. And what was Audie doing all this time? Uh, well, I went to nursing school and then we had kids. I never went back to nursing. I was a, also a fitness instructor. So I taught fitness while I was uh, raising the kids. Um, yeah. And then I, I didn't go back to nursing. I have a genetic disorder um, called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. So I never, nursing was too hard of a job on my, on my body. Um, and so I didn't go back to nursing. So I ended up staying at home, taught fitness until I couldn't do that anymore. Um, so I was a stay at home mom until the playhouse business started and there was just a need for me in it basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so she's at home taking care of the kids, helping. We've, we've had three children by this time. Yeah. Raising them, she you know got a good education with her nursing. And Tyson has a bad habit of building successful businesses, so you kind of, so Audie kind of just got pushed <laughs> it into the corner, <laughs> right? It's so, like you we know, need you. <laughs> well, and it's funny because by the time the Playhouse business came along, he had basically we were not young when we got married, and we got married really fast. So when the landscaping business started, I didn't know what to expect, but by the time the playhouse business started, he had my full trust in whatever. Well, most, almost all of my trust. <laughs> 99%. <laughs> a little degree of worry there, but, um, he had most of my trust by that point where I was like, I trust whatever he wants to do. I think it's going to be okay. You want to build playhouses? <laughs> what are you crazy? <laughs> you have a success. Pay attention to your business. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll let you know how that kind of came about. So I was, by this time, um, anytime a challenge would come along my way, someone would say, well, it'd be really cool to do something like this or this. I, I, I would just go out and figure out how to do it. I would say I'd go to the University of YouTube for a lot of things and, you know, go get educated from other guys in the industry or whatever, right? Yeah. So I kind of got bored of building, like, cool backyards for parents. And I started thinking, you know what? It would be really cool if backyards had really neat play sets for kids, you know, I've got young kids and typically whenever there's a play set in the backyard, it's pretty basic and it's, you know, it breaks down really quick and just does not look great. That's so sure. I decided to build a wonky tree house and put it in our local home and garden show. So this was like 2014. He was by this point, he had put in for a couple of years in a row, he had put in uh, like here in our town, the big thing at the home and garden show is, is this, is the landscapers put in these like really elaborate big displays. They have a lot of space yeah. and they, they try to kind of, you know, uh, have the best display at the show. Well, and Tyson yeah. Had, yeah. Trying to outdo each other, of course. Exactly. So Tyson had won that award. I think every year that you were a landscaper, you won oh. the best in show. If I remember right, am I remembering that right, or am I? I think, am I, I overestimating? Yeah, I did actually. Every year, yeah. So every yeah. year, he would try to outdo what he had done the year before, and so that year we were like, "What do we do that is different and crazy that we haven't done before?" Like we had done a pergola one year. We had done lots of different things. 
Um, and that year he was like, if I did a kid's playhouse, like a colorful wonky playhouse, like it would just get so much attention. Families would run in and see it. They would love it. And that's how the playhouse in our backyard right now, that's, we, that's what we built that for. So, so if I am understanding it, you didn't really do it with the intention of having a business building playhouses. You wanted just some eye catching something unique to bring people to your display at the home and garden show. Is that right? Yeah, and and hold your hat, Russ, because it just got better. Right. <laughs> so I, it's funny you say that. I'm literally gripping the side of my counter as I'm listening because I'm visualizing all of this. It's pretty funny. I have, I have white knuckles right now listening to the story. <laughs> I can imagine how beautiful your display was. I haven't seen photos of that, although I did see some video with the with the tower, which I'm sure you're going to get to. But I can imagine the discussions. <laughs> In their, you know, back behind their displays or like in the trucks when they're coming in in the morning. That damn Levitt. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did it again. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because there was actually allegations from one of the landscapers that I didn't build it, that I just bought it yeah. online. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, like, oh, I built this. So so we put it in the home and garden show. You know, it was this treehouse. Yeah. That's still in our backyard these day, today. And... Uh, people came in and, you know, it, it got a lot of attention. And so from that home and garden show, I sold a few tree houses oh. and our tree houses that we, we make, we manufacture the tree trunk from scratch because yep. we don't have big old, you know, redwood trees here that we can go repurpose or anything like that. So we, we manufacture a tree trunk, then we build a wonky house on top and then we transport them to location and drop them into place. So. I sold a few of these playhouses and I started building them through the 2014 year. Kind of as an add-on to landscaping. Sure. Yeah, I was landscaping for people and doing playhouses. Yeah. And one of my clients came to me and said, you know that tree house I bought? She's like, that's really cool, but it would be really neat if you could build me like a Rapunzel tower. Oh. And, and I said... Oh yeah, I've never thought about that. That's a cool idea. Let me uh, come up with something and I'll get back to you. So I sketched something. I put it out on social media. Hey, what do you guys think about building this? And I reached out to the client. And I said, oh, you know, here's my idea. I think I can build this, but I've never done anything like it before, you know, because it's a round tower. And she says, well, you can go ahead and build it, but I'm not going to guarantee to buy it. If, you know, if you don't know what you're doing. Ouch. So, <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, but it felt like a fair assessment at the time. And well, I think like, <laughs> like, it's just like, he is a guy who's going to step up to the challenge. If someone's going to, you know, mention it, he's like, no, I'm going to make her. Well, that's pretty one. obvious. But yeah. It was fair that she, you know, what didn't, she didn't want to commit. And <laughs> I think it was more that he was like, I'm going to build this and you're going to want to, you're going to want it. So a, a little backstory about them. I had already landscaped yeah. the whole house for them where they let me build a fireplace and a massive waterfall and things that I hadn't done before. I see. And it turned out awesome. And we were already building one playhouse. So I knew she was going to buy it. So I decided, you know, I'm going to start building. And I came into the 2015 Home and Garden Show and I decided, you know what, I'm going to put this Rapunzel Tower in there. I'm going to put the treehouse in there or the cottage. I'm going to landscape it really whimsical, rolling hills, river going through it, a water wheel. I'm going to hire some princesses. I'm going to have cookies. I'm going to have people singing. I'm going to have a photo op. I'm going to have competition to win the dog. Yeah, I'm going to have a little whimsical doghouse that people can buy. And I'm just going to go over the top. I'm going to spend a fortune on this thing. Don't ask me why. It was a really stupid idea. (laughs) (laughs) 
the best ones but, are. Yeah. But by this time we were, we were at this time we were talking about maybe this could be our full-time business. Like we were starting to talk that conversation. Well, right. because we started to see how the playhouse was evolving and we were yeah. like, holy cow, this is cool. We were like, if we can do this. All right. Let me yeah. ask you, let me jump in and ask you a question here now, because this is important for our entrepreneurs because Tyson said it, he's just going to go all in, but he doesn't know why this is not a head a decision. This is a gut thing for you. Would you say that was true? It was as much gut or I, what, you know what I mean? I, I can't tell you how many moves I make that are based on my gut. Okay. Let me ask you, all right, let me ask you this question. The morning of having to set up and, and haul everything, you've got everything on the truck. Uh, everything's all packed up, wrapped up, ready to go. Um, you've got all your princesses hired, you know, costumes have shown up, everything's ready. You wake up that morning to go over there, what did you feel? Absolutely excitement because I knew it was going to blow that show away. It, you weren't scared to death? You didn't want to throw up? Or was that Audi? No. no. <laughs> it, the, the, the only scared part I had is the amount of work we had to get done and the time to get the show set up. Oh, okay. I love that you were excited. You were fully confident about what you were doing. Yeah. I mean, like at this point, I've, I've had an amazing crew who... Yeah. Who you know, was at my disposal to help pull stuff together, you know, good equipment. We had an amazing product, I believe. And all and the so other landscaping like, companies were pissed at you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, that was par for the course. For us. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they were happy to see you go full-time into cottages. <laughs> Are you still doing so. landscaping? No, no, I no. sold that company. So, so what ended up happening is we put this up in the home and garden show. You just have to imagine these families walking a corner around the corner, you know, home and garden shows. Typically they can be boring. Yeah. Depends on people do go over the top. But they walk around and then they'll all they all just stop in their tracks. They look at Rapunzel Tower, they pan up and down with their eyes, their jaw opens, and they just stare. They literally just stare. And then they the next thing that comes to their mind is why on earth would you build this in Lethbridge? Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, at the dear. time, we thought, we thought our clients were going to be local. We didn't know we were going to be shipping across North America. We just thought, yeah. how do we sell these to local to local people? How are we going to convince people to pay a couple thousand dollars in our location to, you know, to build these? Well, I did have the intention on scaling it, but I, but I thought the majority would be local yeah. for, you know, you know, or at like, least for starting out, right? like Alberta, I'm talking like Alberta local, Yeah, you know, yeah. close to us. Right. Yeah. And our client walked in and she looked at it, did the same thing. And she said, well, how can I not buy this? And so it was sold. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and by the way, it's an extra 20 or 30% cause you made me, <laughs> you made me haul it over <laughs> here. <laughs> oh, geez. Just let the listeners know there is a, a YouTube video of this. It was our local news. Yeah, yeah, so we get to see it, and Rapunzel as well is there. She's pretty excited about having a, a replica of her actual home right there. Yeah, so that was, that was the Home and Garden Show in 2015. Yeah. So with that, I, I also said, you know, we're going to create this photo op spot. So we, we literally had the best spot that people go take a photo and had them tweeted out to get attention for our company. So... They're doing that while the Home and the Garden show goes on. I don't know if it was well or maybe a week after or two weeks after. I took some of those photos and I tweeted it to an executive on TLC. Uh, His name was Andy, Andy Strauser. Shout out to Andy. And, yeah, Andy's a good friend of ours. Love him to this day. He's now at Magnolia Network. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. Great. Uh, Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. They have, uh, they have that nice chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. So I tweeted out to Andy and I said, surely you have a place for one of these on one of your shows. And I, and I literally was not trying to get a show. What we were thinking was, you know, they have all these family shows. Maybe they would let us come on and, and put a playhouse on a show yeah. for one of these families. Cause we had seen it on, I think John and Kate plus eight had like these little playhouses on their show ones. And that's, that was kind of our thinking on that. Yeah. Um, but he ended up messaging, like going right to direct message within minutes or something like it was like, it was right away. Yeah. He messaged me right back. He said, how about, what would you think about having your own show? Well, he didn't ask that immediately. He started yeah. blasting questions like how long have you been in this business where do you build these what is this like you know and had me get on facebook and chat with him so i came up at like it was like literally at 10 o'clock at night i came up to audi and i said hey audi this tlc executive is like messaging me and wants to talk to us about this business she says oh cool you know and goes back to sleep <laughs> you didn't say what well, are you sure it's really an executive and not somebody spoofing it? that is not how i remember it i'm pretty sure stayed up all night talking about it <laughs> no so really we did talk about it but but it was more like audie's like no i'm not doing tv I'm not yeah. Doing that, that, yeah that is true like i was like yeah sure you can go on a show i wasn't in the business at this time right and so i was like yeah you could do a show you'd be great on tv never did i think i would i would become part of it yeah and and so i was like so andy wanted to do a zoom interview with us so uh, we decided to get on a Zoom interview the next day. And it was clear from the get-go that uh, a husband-wife duo was uh, like a non-negotiable for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so we do the interview and we both walk out of it like, well, we, we blew, blew that. that. <laughs> but Audie's like, that's great. We blew it. Now we know. He had to tell us like five times, like, okay, guys, this is actually like going to TV executives. So you need to like pick up your energy a little. <laughs> right. right. So anyway, so, so he takes that to his team. They, they come back, like, I feel like a few days later and they're like, okay, we're doing a pilot. And we're like, what do you mean you're doing a pilot? Like a sizzle reel. <laughs> yeah. We're going to send a crew up. So they had some crews that they were going to have come film us. And we, we weren't really comfortable with the production companies. We told them, no, we're not really interested in shooting with, with those production companies. Really? And they, yeah, it, you know, we just felt strongly about wanting, like if we're going to have someone in our home with us, it's going to be a production company that we trust. That doesn't and, shoot right. Like a uh, high drama. Yeah. We're not style. Not shows, into right? drama. Like that right? was, we wanted yeah. to produce a happy show, not a. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Understood. They eventually bring us High Noon, which when we look at their stuff, we're like, yes, this is perfect. This is high, noon, high Noon made Fixer Upper and Cake Boss and a lot of great shows, right? Right. So so these guys, within our first six months of business, they're up maybe month two mm-hmm. filming with us a sizzle reel. And I, I'll just put this into perspective a little bit. So this process went the exact opposite of how it normally goes. So normally you are discovered by a network or sorry, not a network, production a production company. company who pitches you to a variety of networks. Right. This went the opposite way where the network was like, we want you. And they found a production company to just come straight away. So the timeline, like we were told over and over again, this never, this, this doesn't happen like this. And this doesn't happen this quickly. We start this brand new business and within 
months we're shooting a TV show about it, which looking back is hilarious. Yeah, that's just insane, really. We're doing crazy. We were filming full time, so and I was brand new in the in the business. You seem like at least presented in the shows that you have creative ideas. Did they write stuff for you to say, or was that no, really no, was that no, you? No, it, it it was a natural fit. She is very talented. She's artistic when it comes to decorating. She's got a right. great eye. She knows how to pick colors. She is very good at what she does in cur- curating beautiful content and but mm-hmm. it's interesting audio you know you were in nursing and that's a that is a caring business that's a that's a, a industry that's an industry of taking care of people and being an entrepreneur even though you may not maybe you didn't really have the entrepreneur bug necessarily but at its core running a successful business is really caring and taking care of people yeah you stop and think about that so you're literally you're really in this in this you're doing the same thing as a business owner as you did in nursing yeah I would agree with that. And now six years in, we are both in the positions where we belong in this company, but it was the last six years have been us putting on lots of hats. Some of them fit and some of them were really, really difficult. And as we've been able to like, you know, put those hats on the people they belong on as we've been able to do that, that has gotten us to today where we are both now in the roles that we belong in and feel comfortable in. And then there's people who are more talented than us taking on those other roles. So Wayne, maybe that Wayne is one of those people. Wayne's your architect, right? He was in, he was incredibly talented. He was, he, uh, he helped us out in the beginning. Okay. Um, and it evolved from there. So we've had, we had him and then we actually just use a concept artist. Yeah. His name's Ryan Novoline. So he used to work for Disney. He, he is absolutely incredible. And he, uh, is the one who designs the concepts for the building. And then they go from him to our, it goes from him to the building plan. Ryan's had a lot of different jobs over his years. He's just incredibly artistic. Should we maybe talk kind of about how our company continued to evolve? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I it was a little tangent there since you were talking about other hats <laughs> and other people, but I was going to bring you back. So perfect. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Uh, Tyson, you're right on the ball. <laughs> yep. like yeah yeah perfect so so this is where this is where everything really starts to get into the nitty-gritty like the true learning what entrepreneurship is all about we and- learned really quickly that filming a tv show is a full-time job starting a new business is a full-time job yeah and it was the most insane that was the most insane time of our life we, we feel like we lived five years of our life in one year that busy that many things happened so what ended up happening is we we were filming full time and we didn't even understand how to run our business. We didn't understand how to transport what our price point should be, how to transport, how to get stuff installed. You know, like there was there was a million different pieces of the puzzle that we were piecing together to to try to make this thing work. Meanwhile, we're filming and we've got a big crew that has to sit on set and be quiet while we're filming a scene and it's costing us a fortune. So we're capturing all this material with our, our TLC show and we're excited about it on the outside. It looks like our company's doing great, but really we're incredibly unhealthy as a company. And, and we were funding a lot of this. So we learned quickly too that the expectations for these builds versus the budgets we were given for them were not matching up, but we are people who pour ourselves into whatever we're doing. 
And so we took the money from the sale of our landscaping company, basically all of our savings, and we put our own money into these builds to make them incredible, thinking it was all going to pay off. And it did just in a different way than we kind of thought at the time. Yeah. Well, you're, so, so you're thinking you're going to have longevity with the show. Exactly. But, We're thinking that that is our pathway forward, right? This TV show, this single TV show is going to go to season two. And that is our path forward. Very, it was, it felt very clear. It felt like, it felt like this is just how it's going to go. And, and we were confident in it because we felt like we were creating good TV and a good product. Working with incredible people. We loved everyone, everyone on the crews and everything so, were amazing. So we're not capturing content ourselves of our builds because TLC is capturing it for us. And the show airs, we have this great big, you know, event that tons of people in our community show up for. And in two weeks, TLC pulls our show off of air. Doesn't, you know, they don't contact us directly. And we just find out that it's not on schedule anymore. And, you know, we later get a phone call and an email that they pulled it. And at this time, now I've got like this mountain of debt coming in. I've got very little work because I haven't been capturing content for myself. We weren't allowed to use any of the content because it was all, you know, by the TV show. We dumped our savings in. Um, And let's just add... We're going to add one more curveball to it, yeah. Uh, Which one are you thinking? I'm thinking about you. And meanwhile, my wife is extremely sick. The show just took every single thing out of me, having a genetic disorder. Uh, like I, I have a lot of health issues. Oh it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the show only, but it was, it was just timing. It was, it was all of it. Yeah. yeah. It was bad timing. Like where your health really tanked. My, my health just completely crashed right at the time. The show, I remember being in bed when Tyson called me to tell me the show was ending and it was like, oh. it felt like we had sacrificed everything and then it gets pulled what two weeks in and they they tried a couple of other things with it um but it was it was devastating i couldn't anticipate that level of devastation over a tv show because i didn't even want to do it in the first place but then we put everything into it yeah so what was that discussion like later that night or the next day like did you want to quit were you ready to pull the plug on everything or were you like no we need to we'll figure this out we're going to double down or you're reaching out for help what what is your thought process if there was any thinking at that time. So I, I mean, I was so ill that uh, like, I wasn't in a place to even process what was going on. I was, I was, I was bedridden. You, for, you were for bedridden for months. She was bedridden for months. For months after this. Oh boy. Um, and, and I, I spent the next few years wanting to, to quit basically. Tyson, I don't think ever had a moment where he wanted to quit. Not one. I still believed in what we were doing, but I had the weight of the world on me because I had this mounting debt. I had to lay off a bunch of people that work for me. And, and that killed me to have to lay off people. My wife was incredibly sick. So I was having to take care of her, my kids, my home. And then I was also trying to push my business forward. And then, I, you know, there was internal struggles within the business as well. I mean, it was the darkest time of my life. I remember you know, going in the closet and just crying because it was, it was just too much for me. And your number one support person is not there because she's having her own challenges. And, and meanwhile, I'm, I'm building these playhouses for multimillionaires and billionaires. And pretending like everything's fine. (laughs) But 
and at the same time, I can't even afford to go buy groceries for my family. Right. Like it was, it was an incredibly hard time for our family. And it was, it was strange too, because we were comfortable before all of this. The comfortable went to this high of, oh my goodness, everything is going well. Yeah. We can see the path forward. It was like we couldn't do anything wrong for that first year. Like it was like nothing could go wrong. Opportunity, and opportunity, then opportunity. Everything just crashed all at once. I talk often about being an entrepreneur is really uh, expecting to get punched in the face, you know, a couple times a week, <laughs> every week, you know, 52 weeks a year, it's brush fires. It's, it's taking care of problems. It's being resourceful, trying to keep things uh, going, keeping all the balls in the air. But you guys did it the hard way. Like you did the big punch in the face, you know, almost like a KO in the ring, right? You were golden. It's like everything he touches turns to a miracle. And then you got the rug pulled out from you when you were all in. I would say it was probably the biggest blessing in our life that whole crash absolutely because we spent the next what four or five i guess until now until this year where it feels like things have finally settled that's how it feels for me anyway i became an entrepreneur of my health and my full focus went there i helped in the business a bit so you gotta imagine we're in this darkest place i have a business partner that i've done some business with his name is mike we owned a topsoil business together and when you hear the term angel investor there's yeah. There's no other person that fits that more perfectly than Mike. He was our angel investor when we had a mountain of debt on us. You know, I called up Mike and he just he just comforted me and he said, we need to get Audie the help that she needs. We need to get you feeling better, you know, because I was obviously really in a, in a dark place with everything that was going on. I was really beat up and struggling. He said, you know what, let's sell the topsoil business. Let's take the revenue from that and put it into the business and just keep pushing forward. I believe in you. I believe in what you're doing. You also had Uncle Daryl. My Uncle Daryl was my first employee. He also put some money in too to help us as well. Between those two, we were able to stay afloat. Audie was able to slowly pull herself to even like start researching like crazy about her health to figure out how do I fix it? You know, we tried to go all sorts of doctors and we just couldn't get it pinpointed what was actually going on. My health has changed to a degree that, uh, like it shouldn't have, like, according to every expert in the field, what I've been able to accomplish shouldn't have happened. We figured out some things that are correlated with my illness enough to a point that like I can work full time now and I can live the life that I want. I'm not hundred percent, but I'm doing really, really, really well. And I haven't seen this type of recovery in many other ways. And this year I was able to not be a full-time healthcare taker for myself. And I was able to, to dive into the business fully with Tyson. And so this year it really felt like finally things started coming together. So we've basically been spending the last four years slowly, brick by brick, building the foundation to our company. Building the processes, hiring the right people. Getting more jobs, you know, and it was really tough to do. It was really tough to, like, all of our marketing and advertising has all been basically free publicity through social media, through viral articles. And it was it was really difficult to grow that 
Meanwhile, behind the scenes, we knew the trauma and the, the struggles that we were going through. Let's do a playhouse for you, but we're barely we're barely making it by. <laughs> so did you feel like a faker, like you were posing, or did you feel confident enough that you knew you could make this happen? I didn't feel like we were faking because we had those angel investors to make sure that we were always going to deliver for clients. Like that was the main thing was that we never dropped the ball for our clients. And we knew that that wasn't going to happen because we had people backing us to make sure that that didn't happen. We were asked to go speak in a uni- to a university class. This was right when it all just melted down. And looking back, I'm kind of like, did we scare the hell out of all of those students because we were honest about what was going on in our lives. And I'm like, I don't know if that was the most like inspiring moment. It's not all glitter and sunshine. That's for sure. (laughs) Tell me about your family during all of this. You know what? Our, our kids are rock stars. They, they have been an incredible source of comfort to, to us both and inspiration and just pure joy. They were the, the, you know, the one thing that mattered when everything else fell apart. It's like, well, we've got our family. So the rest of it, we can deal with like when everything falls apart, if you've got, if you've got your family, you can usually deal with all of the other stuff. Also really pushed us to work really hard (laughs) and pull things back around. Well, and, And really taught us empathy towards like people who go through tough situations and, and I and I think part of that helped us evolve our company. In what way? We, well, we needed we need to go through all of that first of all to learn how to operate our business efficiently, the way the business needs to be ran. I I, w- I always believed that there was like this business here somewhere, and we 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 kind of took like a top down approach, kind of like what Tesla did, where they rolled out the road roadster to the influencers, you know, the one percent. They adapted adopted their product and then they rolled out their other vehicles for the masses. So we spent years building, you know, our luxury playhouses and delivering them all over the world. We, you know, we built for the biggest stars and we've been to the biggest athletes houses and people that are, are really influential. And we always knew like we're missing a piece of our business that allows us to be able to reach out to everybody so everybody can enjoy this magic that we're creating, the whimsy and the nostalgia that you can enjoy when you go play in a treehouse or a playhouse. So we, we continued to grow our company and then COVID hit. Overnight, we lost probably three quarters of a million dollars worth of work. And I was terrified. Once again, I was like, crap. Well, it, it felt like like no one's going to, no one knew what to expect. And so you lose that work. You kind of think, is this over? Yeah. <laughs> all, all I knew is my client said, yeah, we're putting a hold on it. I don't know because a lot of them are business owners. We don't know what our business is going to do. So we're putting a hold on this. Right. That's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to build a cottage. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go find a piece of land that I can put this out and rent it. We loved our clients. We loved our business, but it was really painful for us that we didn't have a product. We weren't able to provide a service for families at an average income level, just like us. Yeah. That was really something that bothered us right from the beginning. We never, we never expected to stay, um, in a place where we were only building for the wealthy, uh, which it was amazing because it got our, it, it made it possible for us to perfect our product and be really creative. And all those clients were great to us. And they were amazing clients. It was not that, but we just really wanted something to do something, put something out into the world 
that families like us could enjoy the same experience in some way. I really identified with that. I've done a lot with my life that centered around my family and my children. Um, A friend of mine and I started a business. We had five young girls together and the girls were very often part of the business when they were younger and participated as they got older and really allowed us to um, have the benefits of being self-employed, having a flexible schedule and you know spending time with the kids. I was particularly interested and excited when you started this project because I know it's targeted to families and it, and it really gives kids a chance to get outside and then of course spend time with their families. Yeah. And through all this thing, Russ, what was most surprising to me is I actually didn't realize how much brand power our company had been growing over those years. All we saw from our end is is making sure that we have enough playhouses each month to keep our staff employed and have a, a slight growth in our company. And so when we started throwing these ideas out to our social following, we started getting just the most amazing responses. Our social media started to blow up. It came as a bit of a shock that we had grown our brand awareness that much over the years through our struggles. And this is 100% the right direction. Mm-hmm. This feels right. It felt so right. And so the, the this that we're talking about is Charmed Resorts, correct? Correct. So our website is charmed.ca. And then from there, you can access the resort side of the website or the playhouse side. And then we're also, we're Charmed Playhouses on Instagram, at Charmed Family on TikTok. So we build our first cottage. This is the end of part one of the Levitt's Adventures. Listen to the next episode of Going Boldly to find out what happened to their first cottage and how you can rent an amazing themed cottage at Charmed Resorts. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. Please share it with them. You might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode. And it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests, or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.